What is up, Foley fam? We are back with the seventh edition of the Pod Warriors. Me and Jordan had an awesome time in Nashville this past weekend, and we were going to relive the entire road trip experience from the time we left our house, pretty much going to GCW, the nightmare that was StarCast. Stay tuned for that. I, I, you know, it's uh, the situation's still unfolding, so we're going to give them a chance to make it right, but StarCast was a mess. We'll get into that and the amazing time we had at SummerSlam Saturday night. So before we go any further, let me introduce my main man, the other half of the Pod Warriors, Jordan. What's going on, man? Man, uh... Just got done watching Raw. Uh, it's been a long day for me. Uh, I did the 10-hour drive home today. So, yeah, Jeez. man, it, it was a long day today. It was a long weekend, but uh, I'm ready to recap it and looking forward to it. Yeah, me and Sheena, we were kind of working like the Brock Lesnar schedule, dude. We got in and got out. We were gone barely over 48 hours total, man, from uh, the time we dropped the kids off to the time we picked them back up. You guys were on a, an extended trip, man. Y'all left first and got back later. So, yeah, we were on yeah a I know you got to be feeling it. Uh, you guys know this is the Pod Warriors, a little bit more stripped down production than the typical uh, Chick Foley show. So we'll get the plugs out of the way right now. I want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your figure purchases at Ringside Collectibles and use code PF10, courtesy of our friends at the Pod Foundation, to save 10% at Chalkline. Jordan, you ready to get into this weekend? Let's do it. So. It wouldn't really be complete with just me and Jordan talking about this. We have some late additions. The uh, the Pod Wives are here with the Pod Warriors. So uh, about 30 minutes ago, I kind of summoned Sheena up, but she was preparing for her nightly slumber. You know, she's a farmer, so she's typically in bed with the sunset and up with the sunrise. Um, but I told her we needed her. You know, I, I hit her with the Bret Hart uh, 1997 to Owen and the Bulldogs. I need you. I need you by my side. Uh, and she said the only way she would do it is... If we had a podcast debut tonight and Jordan's lovely wife, Ari, is here for the first time. Ari, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we got a podcast debut tonight. So it's a, it's a bonus for the uh, the pod where Sheena, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I Well, you know, after, after you um, summoned me, you know, from doing all my chicken work and child work and all the things, <laughs> um, my, I was like retiring the Godwina gimmick for the night. Uh I started to think, I was like, I can't let these guys get on here and like talk shit about my driving throughout the weekend and any, anything that happened without me being here to defend myself. So, uh, you know, I need, I need Ari here to uh, be a witness for, for all the things we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Getting, uh, getting plastered with um, powdered light tube glass at GCW <laughs> was only like the third most dangerous thing that happened to this weekend, thanks to Sheena's awesome driving. So... Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll do a little, I'll throw a tease out there for later on. Jordan Nara, you guys don't even know, she almost killed us again on the way home <laughs> on Sunday. Like, to the point where I had to, I literally, like, I was working on some stuff for the Foley Picks League doing the spreadsheet. I had to look, turn at her, pause for dramatic effect, and, like, in my most stern, like, man voice, I said, what the fuck are you doing? And she couldn't even say anything back. You guys know, you guys have seen me and Sheena argue, you know, we have a very passionate relationship, so we love each other more than anything in the world, but we do get into some pretty heated arguments. You <laughs> About know. stupid shit, mostly. Yeah, stupid shit. It, and it always blows over quick. But yeah, I literally looked at her and I said, what the fuck are you doing? And she did not even say anything back. She was just like, my bad. So <laughs> Whoops, we'll, get, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, 
Jordan, you guys kick it off, man. You guys left out of Omaha Thursday night, right? Take us through uh, kind of Thursday night until you guys got to uh, to Nashville. So we actually left Wednesday night. Uh, oh, yeah. Holy so smokes, dude. Yeah, okay. So let's go. Wednesday night, you guys roll out. So Wednesday night, we rolled out. Um, I just It was kind of a last-minute decision. I just didn't want to do the full drive on Thursday. So we left Wednesday night. I feel that. Omaha time about 6 o'clock. Uh, we decided we were just going to stay the night in Columbia, Missouri, because... We were initially going to go to St. Louis, but they had a bunch of flooding last week due to record rainfall. So we called an audible, did Columbia, stayed the night in Columbia, got about six hours of sleep, got up uh, next morning, got some Waffle House in us, and headed out to uh, Nashville. Got there about three o'clock. Um, wait, 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 wait. Roll, roll back the clock, bro. We're not just going to glaze past uh, past Waffle House, man. We we need to know the order. What What'd you guys get? I mean, dude, it's always all-star breakfast. It's uh, I always get over-easy eggs, um, hash browns uh, chunked and covered, and then obviously a normal waffle, man, a uh, white toast. What'd you get, Ari? Pretty much the same thing except uh, just scrambled eggs, regular hash browns, and wheat toast. You got regular hash browns at Waffle House? I don't like all that stuff. I just okay. like the original. Jordan, pull pull the cable on her. Guys, Leave. I hope you enjoyed having Ari on the show. The first <laughs> Leave Ari minutes. and her taters alone. We're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, let her bow out gracefully Co- now. Coming from a guy who, like, literally eats barely nothing on anything, dude. No sauces, <laughs> no, like, Ooh. condiments. Yeah. But just- I'm getting those damn hash browns scattered and chunked. Believe yeah. that. Hey, Ari, didn't you tell us that Jordan kind of went brain neutral when it got time to order his hash browns? <laughs> That's right. That's right. He told me. He told us. We don't need the menu. We know what's going on. Like, <laughs> I need the menu. Okay, fine. Whatever. So I used the menu to order. And then he's like, oh, wait, hold on. He forgot how to order the hash browns. So he had to look at it. So don't let him tell you. He remembers everything about Waffle House. He does not. So That's you- why you order plain, dude. You can just order off the dome. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you just get them plain, you don't have to remember anything. Yeah, Were you drinking good. at this point, Jordan? Or did you just kind of freeze up, man? No, dude, it was 8 o'clock in the morning. I hadn't started drinking yet. I, I, and he had a six-hour drive ahead of him, dude. Or like a five-hour drive. I didn't crack my first beer until about three hours into the drive. okay jimmy so no all right so so continue on so you you get past waffle house you guys so did you guys say you did end up staying in columbia or y'all stayed somewhere else no we did stay in columbia um so we had about a seven hour drive on um thursday morning so basically hit the road at about eight o'clock uh made it to nashville at three checked into our airbnb which um i'll let everybody else describe but it, it was awesome um, and then we went out to Broadway right away and had us a night and I was hung over on Friday morning when the Phelps <laughs> got there. <laughs> Where all did you guys hit Thursday night at, uh, on Broadway? So we did, uh, Al Dean's, uh, Kid Rock's bar and then, uh, Tootsie's. We, we spent the majority of our time Thursday night at Tootsie's. Nice. Knocked out the big three right away. Smart. Yeah. And I heard that um, that scumbag Alex Eubank got, uh, was in a, took a picture of being at Tootsie's and the fig god was in the picture and you guys didn't even know that each other was there. So I, I should have known the weekend was off to a shit start for me meeting Alex because, uh, yeah, this scumbag <laughs> takes a picture of me and doesn't even realize I'm in it and then posts it in the group like a dickhead after I said I was at Tootsie's. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I'm in that picture. And he's like, nah. I'm like, well, where are you guys at? And back at the hotel, I'm like, well, a lot of good that does us now. 
<laughs> uh, we ended up meeting Alex. We'll get into that later. But yeah, we, we ended up rectifying that situation. So we did get to get to meet that scumbag, Alex Eubank. Yeah. So we left out of the big city of Oakland, Tennessee, uh, about 1.30 on Thursday. And we really kind of took the the scenic route to get to Nashville. If we were in a straight line, we would, could have been there in about two and a half hours. But <laughs> Tell them why. We had to take Brett and Stella up to our parents in Rochester, Kentucky. It's around Bowling Green, about an hour north of Nashville. So we ended up just crashing there for the night to get a good night's sleep, you know, to really kick off the weekend, right? Um, left out Friday morning. You guys remember on the last main episode, we talked about how every time we are with Jordan, we put his ass to work, right? Like we make him earn his time hanging out with us. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, fixing a fence, moving a chicken coop, putting a weather strip on the door, installing a new TV, like he's getting some manual labor. There, there's out some things happening. Us. There's always things happening when Jordan arrives at the, at the Phelps <laughs> yeah. compound. And so Friday morning, I uh, we, we went to Guthrie, Kentucky. Tell them about the place we had to go to get all the feed. Gene. So there's this organic uh, feed mill in Guthrie. Amish run. Amish run. We had or, Uncle Zeb hooking us up. Yeah, Uncle Zeb was hooking it up. Um he, uh, so I wanted to get some organic feed and it's not far from us, you know, and this place, like you buy it direct from them. So you cut out a lot of the middleman costs. Um, so I went ahead and got a bunch of bulk feed because we were heading down that way. So, and we were going to hit it on Friday or sorry, we were going to hit it on Thursday and then just leave the feed at my in-laws house, but we weren't going to be leaving in time to, to get there before they closed. So, and the shit after seeing it, it was way too heavy to move. Like that, that shit wasn't moving. I, <laughs> I was only moving that out of my van one time, but yeah. I had convinced Jordan. I'm like, Hey dude, she, you know, she, you know, she's got this really expensive ass special chicken feed. We're gonna have to bring it in the Airbnb. <laughs> Uh, like 500 pounds of chicken feed. And Jordan's like, fuck that. Because we were actually on the second floor of the Airbnb. And it was really kind of steep ass, a little bit of awkward Very steps. Very We had to carry him up. But yeah, I, I had Jordan all fired up thinking he was going to be hauling 500 pounds of feed up the steps. Yeah. So uh, we left it in the back of the van all weekend, which was another, <laughs> a whole other um, situation. Yeah, this shit stunk, man. It smelled like it smelled. It smelled like heaven. That's corn. what I imagine heaven smelling like. Yeah, the like. first time it hit me, because me and Sheena stopped at a Walmart between the time we hit the feed store and got to Nashville. <laughs> And uh, came back out, and as soon as I opened up, I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, it just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it wasn't like the most awful smell you've ever smelled in your life or anything, but it's just like not what I'm trying to get punched in the nose with as soon as I open the door. <laughs> and Sheena's like, I know if we got her to tell the truth, she'd say, yeah, it stinks. Dude. No, but dude, she's just trying it, to defend it like, oh, this smells good. I love smell, this smell. I would, I would literally, eat, I would have taken a scoop and eaten that. Jordan, right out of the Ari, bag. thumbs up or thumbs down on, on the smell of that feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thumbs down. Sorry, Sheen. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So here's what I'll say. I'll say it was like we never left Nebraska because I was going to say, dude, that, you guys should be like nose blind to that smell. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. It was just it was like heaven to me. It's like being in God's country again. Exactly, dude. <laughs> so like we ended up getting uh, we ended up getting in. Well, it was right around noon on Friday, huh? When we got there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Airbnb was great, like George said. What what is Nashville, right? That's the show that they film at that house. Yep, uh, it was Deacon's Attic. So I, I've never watched that show. So, but that, me either. That, that's who. If you're a Nashville wasn't. fan, maybe Same. you know. Yeah, maybe that's popping somebody out there that's listening to the podcast. But <laughs> yeah, really, really, really great place to stay. Um, I when we originally booked it, me and Jordan were thinking like we we kind of GPS it out and we're like, oh, it's less than a mile from the stadium. We'll be able to walk there. After kind of driving through, though, that definitely wasn't going to be an option because, like, the little neighborhood we were in, it was nice. It was a historic part of East Nashville. 
but we definitely would have been going through the hood to make it to the stadium. There were some section eight, uh, some less than desirable uh, blocks and stuff we would have had to get through. So yeah, we immediately Nashville's said, pretty rough at times, dude. Yeah, we said, yeah, yeah we're going to Uber it through uh, through this neck of the woods. But it was really, really cool. Um, we got the laptop hooked up to the TV and fired it up with our SummerSlam marathon. I mean, I still, I still don't think you guys have really acknowledged me. What a great idea that was just to have SummerSlam rolling through on a loop the yeah, entire weekend. It's pretty awesome. Every time we came back in, we were like, what's going to, what match is going to be on the TV? Yeah. You know? They were, they were for the listeners out there, the, these other three, they were just amazed when I said, yeah, let's just leave it rolling while we're gone, you know, and we'll just come back to a surprise match all weekend long. Hey, you, yeah, you know it, what would have been even cooler though? Is if uh. you would have brought your laptop with us on our hour journey, why Sheena almost killed us and me and you could have watched wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But so then we might have died. Next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we took the trip to Music City Toys. Uh, what's their, their, is their IG just Music City Toys, Sheena? Yeah, I think so. Let me, let me look at it. I'll get you the guys exactly. We definitely want to plug these guys because if you are ever within a couple hours of this spot and you're any kind of wrestling figure collector, yeah. you need to go. So it's, Just as it's just as it's spelled, music, at Music City Toys. Yeah, so Music City Toys, It's actually, you know they definitely take a liberal definition of the music title City. Music City because that's about 40 minutes out of town. Yeah. But it's not a bad drive if you're already and in it's Nashville. In a it's in a cute little like you know Mayberry downtown, downtown area, yeah. Um, but the store is just incredible. You know, it's called Music City Toys, but it's really like ninety percent wrestling figures. Um, and it was awesome. They had some shit that I've never seen before in person, and they had stuff like MOC from you know the LJN days and stuff, all kinds of stuff from the nineties. Like it, it was freaking. It, it was really really cool. It was almost like being in like a wrestling figure museum. The amount mm-hmm. of stuff they had. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ari, what, what was you guys' thoughts on the on the store before we get into the drive there? What'd you guys think of Music City Toys? Yeah, go ahead, Ari. I thought it was heaven for you guys. I know <laughs> you guys are the main fig collectors, so. I saw all of your guys' eyes light up when you walked in, like a little kid <laughs> in a candy store. So, just following yeah. along. Yeah. yeah, it was a uh, it, it was it was cool to be there with um, this group because I mean, I got Seth back into collecting these figures, so it, it's it's fun to go anywhere with Seth and Sheena. So going to this store, and I mean, it was it, it was just like it was it's so cool to see some of these old toys and stuff still in the box um yeah it was it was very cool i was glad we got to do it with you guys and i always and i'm just always a huge fan of like people who just like take a chance go out on their own like with that entrepreneurial spirit and like just do something that they're passionate about you know what i mean like i think it's super cool like these small businesses and just like you know their passion projects yeah, and- yeah, Ari, I think you really nailed it when you said it was like heaven for us. Because I got to say, when I walked through the doors and looked around, I started thinking, fuck, maybe I did die on the drive over here. <laughs> <laughs> because we had, it was de- this was definitely the closest I've been to getting in a car accident in a really long time. Like I'm talking, I'm not talking like a fender bender. I'm talking like jaws of life, like fucking bring Kelly- a helicopter into life flight yeah. us to Vanderbilt, like it was going to be bad. So if my mother-in-law is listening to this. Just go ahead and turn. Yeah, the, I don't. I don't know what the hell happened to Sheena. Like sometimes, like because she's typically a really I've been excellent a, I've driver. Been a great driver, my but whole she's life. been much more of a homebody over the last year and a half. Like she rarely ventures out past you know maybe 20, 25 minutes away from home. <laughs> so I think, I think it was a combination of you know being with her friends for the first time in a long time, being in a new place, and like. I don't really know what besides that. I don't know if she was high or what, because <laughs> no. we stopped to get gas, right? We've been going this, and we've already been going down this highway in one direction, like 30 miles, right? We're like 10 miles away from Music City Toys. So I don't think GPS is really necessary. This All of us knew like the general direction we need to be heading in. But Sheena's like, nope, we're going to turn the opposite way. 
So I'm like, we're all like, Sheena, what are you doing? That's the wrong way. So, but it's all good, right? There's like multiple places to turn around, but immediately within like 10 feet, she whips it in and busts a freaking Chicano U-turn, dude. I'm talking like, it was like Razor Ramon's, the start of Razor Ramon's theme music as she whips it around. That was already dangerous enough because there was a truck right behind us. It wasn't the <laughs> widest road. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing on this U-turn? And then she's like, oh, no, you know, hold on. I'm not done. Best is yet to come. <laughs> she starts pulling out without stopping. Like she was trying to make a U-turn in one motion to get going back in the opposite direction. There's like some sort of black SUV barreling down the highway. We're on a country highway. You guys know how people drive out there. It's like they're going like probably 65 miles per hour. I thought for sure we were getting hit, man. Like, I was already bracing for shock. Like, I was already like, fuck. I'm like, Sheena, look. And luckily, she saw it. I thought it was going to be too late, though. She pulls us off in a ditch. Ari thinks we're going down the hill. Um, Yeah, because, like I said, so there's a complete drop off. Like, so I, like, you know, instead of pulling out on the road, I I pull off the side of the road. Well, the shoulder just drops off into, like, a, a valley, like, into a ditch, you know? So. Yeah, we we were just hanging on the. <laughs> it was by the grace of God that we didn't get whacked, man. Like, and Ari, I got to give Ari props because Seth would have been like, you know, yeah, you know, WTF, like right in my face, and Ari didn't even like blink. Ari was just like, you know, didn't ever made a noise. Just She's was kind of in shock. <laughs> I was totally just shot. like, okay. No, the truth of the matter is that I didn't see the other car coming. All I could see was a ditch. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to die if we go roll into the ditch because it was on my side of the car. Seth, you know what, uh, you know what it is? I figured it out. Hmm. Uh, our two wives cannot see black vehicles. So <laughs> it is what it is. I guess so. <laughs> I did not know what Sheena was doing. It was my fault because typically I drive just because – you know, I hope she doesn't screw this. I'm usually a little bit calmer and cooler under pressure for the most part. And like, I'm, I'm a safe driver, right? Like I don't even, I've gotten to the point now where I rarely will go above the speed limit, even on the freeway and stuff. I'm just a very cautious driver. Cause I don't know how many idiots there are out there texting and driving and doing whatever. Um, but me and Jordan want to have some road beers. You know, I, I had the igloo picnic cooler with me and I, you know, I only get to see Jordan a couple of times a year. So we want to go ahead and get a head start on knocking a few back. So we had, we had the cooler in the back seat with the VIP treatment. Um, definitely wasn't worth it. Those would have been the costliest beers of all time. <laughs> oh, man. You, but had, we you had me to block you. I was your human shield. If we would have got smoked, I would have saved you. <laughs> Just <laughs> like you always blocked. imagined. So you saved him <laughs> twice this weekend. Yeah. Once in the car, That's right. Uh, the, dude, yep. when people call Jordan our bodyguard, they, they're not they're not lying, dude. He's legit. You what know? was the other time he saved this? Um, oh, just wait. The, we'll, the, the, the light tubes, dude. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah we'll that's, get to that's that. a little we'll bit down the Spoiler road. alert. Um, yeah. So then we went to Walmart for Jordan to get some paint pens, which, you know, when you hit up StarCash, you need to make sure you include the receipt for those paint pens, too, man, because they yeah. would get a refund on that. But we'll get to that. And then it was time to. Uh, Hit some GCW. We had dinner though. We forgot about Hattie B's. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got. I took the L on this one. I'd been hyping up Hattie B's for months because I was. I genuinely thought it was going to be great. I've heard a lot of great things about it. It's a Nashville hot chicken place, and it was. It was good. It was right? good. Are we yeah, all on the same was, page we, on that? That mm-hmm. it was decent, but nothing life changing. Yeah. I, again, when it's something's like a big tourist attraction like that, you feel like there's going to be some sort of like gimmick that you have never seen before, right? The chicken was good. My chicken. I got. I got the small dark, like all dark meat. Um, it was juicy and delicious, but it just, you know, there was nothing life changing about it. Like Seth said, 
Jordan decided to get the freaking, you know, ass volcano. <laughs> the colon cleanse. <laughs> the colon cleanse. The ass reaper. <laughs> ball. Like, I mean, I look over and Jordan's like, my lips are stinging. It literally looks like Jordan put on like a red shade of lipstick all over his lips. And he's like, not here or here so much, but right here, you know. And he's his, got the beads of sweat dripping his, off the tip of his nose. And, and it was hot. So we, we, for some odd reason, we decided we were going to sit out on the patio and, uh, you know, the sun was beaming in there. So we were eating this hot chicken with the heat on the outside. So yeah, it was it was good. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be anything. I'm going to be like, yes, you have to hit Hattie B's. Yeah. So then we had the worst Uber driver ever. They dropped us off in basically in construction zone. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a Foot Locker. Oh yeah, yeah, we did go to Foot Locker. Yeah, yeah. So you just bury the whole weekend. I yeah, no, it's man. I'm, I'm freestyling. We're going no format on yeah. this because, yeah, like Jordan mentioned, it's even though we got bad yesterday, it's been a long weekend. And yeah, we've been doing a lot of stuff. I already recorded one podcast today with Turnbuckle Tavern for the, the fucking GCW show. So, um, yeah, forgive me if I leave stuff out, but you guys feel free to jump in and uh, toss in. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I almost, ki- I'm pretty sure I almost killed us on the way to Foot Locker a couple times too, because uh, we were going because we were going to Hattie B's. Remember we had to circle around and go Foot Locker. Was just that was just nonsensical. You were like instead of like if there was like a turn in to the place we were going, you would instead drive all the way around the block to take the opposite turn in. <laughs> no, it should just take us through the scenic route. Take you the scenic route around the dumpsters and the back, the loading docks. Hey, you know? look, there's the mall, but hey, we could go four turns down here and look at like the outside of the building and really scout the uh, ag- agriculture around this area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, show, give some love to uh, to Hawk, our friend at Foot Locker. Yeah, our friend uh, Hawk. He he's just you know he he got me involved with uh, you know the Wale collection, the capsule collection that they've been doing for um, WWE, and I've got I've been lucky enough they just wrapped it. So this was their final capsule for the collection, and so they just wrapped it. Um, and we got to go meet him in person finally and, uh, you know, see all the merch there and everything. They were having meet and greets at Foot Locker. Like Bianca Belair had just left. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. We got to go in there and, and check it out and, and meet the, our friends at Foot Locker. And then we left and went back home for a little bit to, uh, or back to the, to the Airbnb. It was, it was a quick trip. I think we pretty much just had, uh, had one round and then. Yeah. Yeah. Took the Uber to the uh, the construction zone. Ari, tell us about that walk and uh, and trying to find our way over to the GCW show on Friday night. That's how we should have known that was like a craziness, like no signage. Yeah. There's no signage. Super sketchy. Super dark. Hardly anybody yes. around. I'm like, we're going to get killed here. Something's mm-hmm. going to jump out at us and this is going to be the end of us. There's no mm-hmm. signage at all, but... We made it. We followed the light. I thought, I'm like, hey, there's light out there. Followed the light. <laughs> Follow the light, Carolyn. An- another death term. Yes, we go. exactly. Luckily, you guys had Jordan with you just in case somebody came out and shanked us. <laughs> At least you guys can all run faster than me. It is always nice having having a gentle giant like Jordan on your side. Like when we showed up to Foot Locker, Hawk was like, oh, you guys have you like your own your- security <laughs> detail. Yeah, you brought your security. <laughs> uh and so then we get in line for GCW, man. Talk about some of the people watching that we were able to do there while uh, waiting in line. Oh man, Ari and I were having a blast because we we were there pretty early. You know, we were just we were just talking about just you know how many beards were in there. Like everybody that walked by, we were like beard, beard, glasses, and beard. Uh, and then uh, there was a there was a mom that walked by. She was like yeah. you know a little, probably older than us, had a little bit older son. You know, looked like he was probably like eleven or twelve, and. Uh, I mean, she just looked as momly as she could be. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just looking at her phone, looking at the tickets and like walking her son to the back of this line to go watch GCW. And I was just thinking like, that's the most pure, like 
thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like, just I hope, I hope little man realizes how lucky he has to have a mom that loves him enough to take him to a GCW show at ten thirty on a Friday night. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it was. It was so sweet. Uh, but yeah, the people watching was pretty. Uh, pretty wild. It, it was just like a totally different crowd. I was like, there's so much, like pleather and like uh you know um, well, there was that rivets. like yeah so i was talking to chad and mike belcaster on the tavern about it and i said yeah you had like 80 percent of it was like kind of what you expect for the gcw crowd you know you got a bunch of people that look like they were probably juggalos like seven or eight years ago wow. and uh but then you had some people like they were like you know older guys and like just these random people that i'm like how in the fuck are you at a gcw how did how did you make your way to a gcw show at 10 30 on a friday night well i think it's a little bit different because it was the SummerSlam weekend show i think you probably got a broader mix because i mean you we've never been to a you know we're, we didn't have a single tattoo we stood out like a freaking sore thumb you know the, between the four of us there's not a single tattoo so i feel like we've never been to a gcw show um so the summer, being at SummerSlam, we were like, well, we may as well go check it out. And I think of that, that they probably got a lot of that spillover. You know what I mean? It probably wasn't their typical, like, hardcore, just GCW, like, you know, independent crowd. Yeah, the crowd definitely wasn't as wild as I was expecting. I mean, what, what were your thoughts, Ari? Did you, were you expecting the worst? Or, like, how did uh, the overall atmosphere, how did it uh, live up to your expectations? I try to live my life with no expectations, so kind of wow. Well, wow. we're these, getting philosophical tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, in these kinds of scenarios, because it's always more fun. You don't get your hopes, you know. All that's a good way up. to live. Yeah. So, um, the crowd was great. It was fun, and I don't know. It was a little wilder than I thought it was going to be, but I think it could have gotten a lot wilder and i'm grateful yeah. for that the, the, show, yeah. the show was wild i thought the crowd was very friendly i was yes. like i was expecting the worst you know i came up on ecw in the 90s and i've seen some of the gcw shows i was expecting the crowd to be like i guess kind of mean-spirited more you know or maybe just like a lot rowdier to where it felt dangerous i thought the crowd was very friendly and i thought they were really respectful to the wrestlers you know it was nobody really if there was a botch for the most part people kind of just moved on there wasn't a lot of like you fucked up chance there was almost no booing or heckling or anything um i i think it was actually a really positive crowd and everybody was just happy to be watching a badass show Mm -hmm. um jordan so we we got a really awesome comparison because Within about six weeks, we were able to see NWA and GCW, who, along with MLW and Impact, are kind of competing to be the top organization right below AEW and WWE. How would you say the GCW experience compared to uh, NWA? So, uh, I'll say this. um, I was very excited to go to my first GCW show. It absolutely delivered. Uh, This crowd and, and the whole show itself... Uh, it, it killed NWA for me. Like I love that NWA yeah. show. This blew that out of the water. Like everything about this show, the way it was, it was ran. It was so cool. Um, it, it's just different because like NWA and stuff like you're used to like the, the normal wrestling rate, right? Like this is, I mean, they, they normally wrestle here, but I mean, you got people flying into the crowd every match. Like it, it's just, it's like mm-hmm. nothing you've ever seen. Like, we sit in our seats and we're, we're in the corner right by the ring post. And I like look down and realize there's no padding on the ground. It's just nothing but concrete. <laughs> no guardrails, no barriers. We're, nothing. We're, we're 10 feet from the ring in our yes. seats with nothing to save us. <laughs> if something happens and, and that'll <laughs> yeah, come into play. Dying. 
have it into our lap. And, yeah, and that, exactly. That'll come into play because I, I, for sure. anyone that hasn't been to a GCW show, there's people that are outside the ring and they tell you when a spot is coming to your direction so you can kind of move if you want or if you don't feel safe, you can move out of the way. Um, that's completely different than anything I've ever been to. We got mm-hmm. lucky enough where the majority of the time it wasn't like right in our lap. It was close to us, but it wasn't right in our lap. Because thankfully we were right by the turnbuckle. Like yeah, sorry, being on the ring yeah. post, I think saved us, man. Because you're not like right lined up with the hard cam and stuff, and it's just and they're not doing and, suicide dives over the middle of the ropes. Like and being on the ring post, you know, there's us, and we were kind of like right next to the standing room only area, so it's a little bit more of a crowd of people. Whereas if you're doing stuff like in the middle sections, you're really just putting you're putting less people at risk, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was wild. I definitely noticed as well, Jordan. I love NWA. NWA is great. Um, but this was definitely a step up on the professionalism. Remember on the Uber ride over, we were we were kind of discussing who was higher up right now between NWA and GCW, and we said they were pretty close. But no, I think I think GCW is a whole level above NWA. Just from the moment you walk in the arena to to the time the final bell rings, they it it was just a really really great show from the presentation and everything. They just keep it hot, dude. Like they just keep they keep the action going. There's not a lot of like slush time, dude. Like the the wrestlers are really into it. They're really engaged with the crowd. I just I, yeah, it's it's a great experience. I, this but. is something we all knew going into it. Well, me and Seth definitely knew this. I don't know if Ari and Sheena knew this, but the I, I want to give a shout out. I don't know what his name is off the top of my head, but the GCW ring announcer is email top. J. He this dude is top notch. He doesn't bring yeah. any cards to the ring. He remembers everybody's height, weight, where they're from. Like, dude, this dude has it yeah. off the dome. This dude is coming into the ring with nothing. They started out with a scramble match, which was what was a six or eight people, six, six, six guys, man. yeah, six guys. And he literally got all these guys' names, height, and weight, and where they're from off the top of his head, like. And dude, he's into it. Like he's dapping up the wrestlers before the match. Like, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot to go into showmanship. Like, yeah, dude. dude like, I get excited at that stuff. Like from from Jump Street, we were all jacked. But we have to talk about the fact that Marco Stunt came out, and for a while there, none of us could remember that it was actually Marco Stunt. He looks so different, man. At first, the like, blonde hair. yeah, I knew it was some little dude with the with the blonde hair and stuff, man. But I didn't realize till I saw got a look at his face. I was like, oh, that's Marco Stunt. I just didn't realize that he had dyed his hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out to the big shows uh, theme music, and it, it popped the crowd pretty with, hard with dude. the one strap singlet. Yeah, with he, the one strap. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you yeah. guys said something about that because I was looking at him. I'm like, I think I know him, right? I'm supposed to know who that is, but I didn't want to say yeah. anything. I'm like, okay, glad I wasn't the only Same. one. I love, yeah, I love you- Jurassic Express, dude. I love Marco Stunt, dude. But yeah, just his whole presentation was totally different in GCW. Yeah, that's how I was at first, too. And then you never want to be a goober and be like, oh, it's Marco Stunt. And then it's like, no, just some other little Yeah, I got on, I had to get on Twitter. I was like, I want to make sure this is Marco Stunt before I uh, say so. Then everybody was, on tw- was tweeting like, Marco Stunt comes out to the big show's music, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, cool. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, so uh, getting into the show, um, like you said, Really great action from the start. Um, first guy I want to call out kind of individually was uh, Psycho Clown. I was completely unfamiliar with this dude, but besides Nick Gage, who we'll get to, I think Psycho Clown was probably like the most over GCW guy on the roster. You know, I, I still consider Mox to be an AEW guy. Psycho Clown was over big time with the crowd, yeah. though. Yeah, it's kind of like a modern day doink. And he brought a kid into the ring, so instantly you get major points from us for that. Yeah. Yeah. And hats off to Joey Janela, man. What a show he put on. 
yeah, that match was uh, very fun to watch, and being right there was awesome. So, yeah, took a, took a steel chair to the balls, then he took it to the butthole, like <laughs> beast. Yeah, <laughs> so much. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, let's talk about Nick Gage. So, I got to make a, an admission. I, I don't think I mentioned this to you guys on Friday night, dude. I feel like such an idiot. When Emo J came out and was like, we got the king backstage, I didn't even put two and two together. I thought Jerry Lawler was about to come out. I was like, and I was just <laughs> in my mind, I was like, why the fuck are they bringing Jerry Lawler? I was like, this is this is Nashville. Jerry Lawler's Memphis, you know? Um, and then as soon as the bells hit for Nick Gage's theme music, I was like, oh, it makes sense, man. How about seeing Nick Gage's ring entrance in person? Unreal. Oh, it was epic, dude. Yeah, it was unreal. And, I mean, he came around, he freaking dapped us up. He stood mm-hmm. in Seth's chair. You know, and like greeted the crowd and stuff, dude. It was, yeah, he was, the energy just shifted whenever he came into, uh, came into the room. Yeah. Nick Gage is definitely a star. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him to end up being the guy to take the belt off of, uh, Moxley. We saw him run Conrad Thompson out of, uh, out of the building, which at the time, at yeah. that, that evening, I kind of felt bad for Conrad. By about 12 <laughs> hours later, I was like, yeah, I wish Nick Gage would have fucking really got to him. You know what I mean? Like, took the piece some hardcore cutter action, too. but. We'll get to that. Um, Jordan, let's hear it from your perspective, man. I, I already kind of gave my play-by-play on Turnbuckle Taverns, uh, the FNGCW show. So that's the plug for them. If you want to hear my take on it, um, you can go listen to that. Jordan, give them your firsthand account of what happened during the uh, Triple Threat Tag Team match. All right. So th- this was wild from the get-go. So be- yeah. before the match... We, we we were barely paying attention, but they brought something out and it was covered with a sheet and they put it under the ring. So we were like, "Yeah, what? That might be for the main event. Maybe they're just putting it out there now just to avoid it for later." No, no, no. They were not avoiding it for later. So after I don't know three door spots, twenty chair spots, they finally pulled out this box of light tubes. Okay, so I have never in my life seen this in person. So. It is way more intense just like seeing it in person than anything. Like besides the fact that what happened happened that I'll get into, but just like hearing those crack over someone's head is is an unreal like thing to hear. It's a serious pop, yeah, man. it's a serious pop. It's 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 crazy to hear in real life. Yeah, so the ma- the match was going on. It was awesome. It was it was really fun. I, we never really felt in danger. At, at least I didn't until this point. So they're setting up tables on a chair or um, sorry, doors on a chair and they're putting light tubes on top of it and stuff. And it's on the opposite or it's on the other side of the ring than us. So I'm like watching this. The lady comes by and said, hey, watch your eyes to all of us. I'm not even paying attention to like what's right in front of us. And one of the wrestlers is standing on the, the turnbuckle and he gets smoked with a light tube. I never even saw it get smoked with a light tube. Everything shatters and it's literally right in our area. So I didn't even really know what happened. All I, it was just like a weird moment. There was just a bunch of dust and everything. I looked down and the dude that's sitting literally in the seat right next to me, his arm is gashed open. It's not a small gash. Like it's a, it's a good three inch gash that's open on his arm. His face is bleeding at this point, we're all in, like, shock. So I'm, like, brushing myself off, making sure, like, I don't have anything wrong with me. And I don't know how the four of us avoided anything, but somehow we did, man. It was uh, it was definitely something I'll never forget. Like, um, 
So the, I'm, this is just like my nature. This is just who I am. So the rest of the match, I basically covered Ari, Seth, and Sheena the rest of the match until it ended. So <laughs> it, it's just my nature. It is what it is. And I, I mean, that's this is why people love me. And I mean, it, it's just who I am. So. Yeah, I felt bad. I had because I was like, "Dude, are you sure you're okay?" Because I'm thinking like he's gonna take a piece of light too. I know. I just kept telling everybody like, "Turn around, turn around." I, I eventually ended up grabbing my chair and just folding it up, and basically using. I fashioned it into a shield yeah. to uh, protect me because I was nervous, man. It was hard I mean, to watch the rest of the match because there was so much action going on. Because it was, it wasn't like a WWE or AEW triple threat match where somebody gets hit with a big move and kind of just goes to sleep on the no, outside. It was constant for uh, you know for five minutes. Like there were basically like three different fights going on at all times, um, and you just never knew where these light tubes were going to come from. So we we got the video. Uh, thankfully, a, a fellow fan that was at the GCW show sent me the video where you could see the guy, the actual impact where the guy gets hit with the arm. So Sheena's got it. She's going to be posting it up on the. Uh, on the account at some point this week. So definitely be on the lookout for that because it was crazy, man. There's blood and broken glass all over the ground in front of us. Like, I don't know. What did you think, Sheen? Were you scared? I Scared? I was just kind of like, whole, I, shit just got real. You know, I wouldn't say I was scared because like, you know, again, the the little, the medic lady was like, you know, hey, you know, watch your eyes, watch your eyes or whatever. And um, that was the, my biggest concern is like a piece of shard is going to get in my eye. Like, like a it, tiny little piece. Like yes. One of the little a like, dust yeah, particle. The dust in your eyes that would hurt. Like yeah. That. So, I, you know, I wasn't worried about like, yeah, if my arm got hit or something like that, like that would suck to get like cut or get like a glass splinter. But yeah, I didn't want any shit going in my face. I knew it was beyond what they typically see at one of their shows when the staffer that came up and, and looked at the guy's arm, he immediately said, oh, my God. And they just whisked that guy away. And him and his buddy didn't come back, man. Yeah, they didn't come back. I wonder if they got some free merch, at least. That's you what know? I'm thinking. I think they cleaned up that merch stand. <laughs> and it was the guy's first show, right? It was the guy's very first show. Jordan was saying that his buddy, you know, because Jordan was sitting right by him. Jordan said that his buddy was a big wrestling fan. And this guy didn't even really watch wrestling. But his friend was like, hey, let's go to this GCW show. And he bought him tickets. And he was having a good time. That was the thing that was so sad to me. Is like, this guy was like cheering and, you know, taking videos on his phone and like, you know, all that. And then this he's the one that you know any other wrestling fan i feel like would be like so proud like yeah Yeah, i got this freaking yeah the scar from the gcw match but this poor guy was just like what the hell he'll he'll probably never watch wrestling again i don't know but before go ahead ari sorry i was gonna say like he could become a hardcore wrestling fan i mean being in one of those shows live and he looked like he was into it man yeah he he was smiling the whole time there's nothing like it like going to one of those shows is like I don't know. It changes you and it like hypes you up and gets your adrenaline running. So it's addictive. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, told, I told you guys afterwards, I was like, I could see how people get addicted to these, these type of shows, you know? Um, but before that, so, um, you know, rewinding just a little bit. So Hawk was telling me, he's like, Hey, um, you know, stat guy, Greg, if you guys, anybody, any of you guys listen to the cheap heat podcast, you know, um, Greg Hyde, stat guy, Greg is, uh, you know, one of their, one of their, uh, podcast hosts. And, um, you know, we've been listening to, I mean, long before we had the Chick Foley show, we've been listening to Cheap Heat since like what, like 2015? Yeah. Um, and uh, when Greg came on, like we've all, we've always been a big fan of Stat Guy Greg, and we we've talked to him on the internet so many times, and we've just missed him at Foot Locker because he had to go do an interview with Finn Balor, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm so bummed, you know, I could have met Stat Guy Greg. We're sitting at the GCW show, and who walks in and sits in the seats right next to us, but stat guy, Greg and one of his friends. So I ended up getting to meet him. We all got to meet him. Um, that was a wonderful experience. So stoked, stoked to finally get to meet, you know, uh, formally the virgin stack stat guy, Greg. 
Yeah, man. It was a uh, very cool, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, totally random. Uh, so Ari, sounds like at that moment, I, I think I know your response on this, but when that happens, we see this guy, you know, damn near get his arm cut off. Are you thinking like, yo, we need to get out of here? Or are you like, fuck it, let's go harder? Hell no. No, I love this stuff. Like, I know part of me yeah. should have said like, oh, we're, we're in deep, deep shit. But no, it just, like I said, it gets your adrenaline pumping and you don't want to leave. Like, why would you miss out on like the rest of the matches? Like, they could just get better, or you know, they could get worse. You never know. No, Ari, Ari's a little. She, you know, she's a little quiet. If you were to just meet her for the first time, you think she was a little bit quiet and maybe a little bit shy. But Ari's pretty hardcore. She was trying to get Seth to run the freaking van around the racetrack whenever we were playing <laughs> Starcast. You know, me, I'm going, don't do it, don't do it. And Ari's like. Punch it, Seth. Do it, Seth. <laughs> Trying to get him to go around the racetrack. So Ari's got a little hardcore in her, man. Uh, yeah. So one other match I want to talk to uh, talk about before we get to the main event the the Lucha Libre match, the uh, the six man tag. I'm I'm not a fan of like Lucha style at all. Like I appreciate the wrestlers and matches, but when it's just like a straight up Lucha match, typically I end up tuning out because it ends up being more like a gymnastics exhibition more than anything else. But this thing was insane, man. Between Commander, the Laredo Kid, Gringo Loco, uh, Jack Cartwheel, like these guys showed out, man. And I think it was arguably the match of the night. Yeah, that, was, that match was, was so much fun to watch. Just kind of seeing that style of wrestling in person is, it, it's fun watching it on TV, but like when you're there live to watch it, it's just a completely different experience. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, they all put it down and, I loved that match. I thought that was going to be tough to beat for match of the night, but uh, sadly it did fall to the the hardcore tag match, but um, it was still a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. I, that's one of those matches that we talk about from time to time that you could show somebody who's not a wrestling fan and they would immediately be captivated by it because just some of the the displays the guys did were just really incredible. And a lot of times on Lucha matches, there are a lot of botches. These guys were pretty much nailed every single thing they tried to do. Yeah, which is wild considering how much they flew and stuff. And, man, when when you're dealing with ropes and stuff and guys start getting sweaty, like, slipping is not a hard thing to do. And, man, Mm -hmm. they didn't miss. And they did a a spot where each guy went up to the top rope and did one of his moves. And I was like, dude, one of these guys is going to fall for sure. But, man, they kept going. They were jumping over the ropes to the outside. It was crazy. Just a fun match to watch in person. Was this the match where the guy was like running across the road? Yep. I yeah. Have never yeah. Seen yes. Oh, Commander, yeah. That was yeah. Insane. Commander, Laredo Kid, both those guys. I, th- I think we're going to see both those guys in AEW or WWE very, very soon. Something we kind of didn't touch on though, like speaking of just like how different GCW is than any of the other promotions, we had, um, we had intergender wrestling. We had two intergender matches. So what did you guys think? Like Seth and Jordan, as far as like, the first one was cool. What's who's, what's the female's name? That's in bussy. Mosh- oh, Allison uh, uh, K. Allie. Allie. Yeah. Allie. I thought she had, dude, she was taking the, the biggest beating in that match. She's taking light tubes to the head, power bombs, power drivers. I thought she showed out. Yeah. The second one, um, I didn't Masha. like as much man, because one, it was already late. I think it was about 115, mm-hmm. 120 local time, whenever the bell rang on that match. We had just seen this psychotic triple threat tag team match, and we know we got mocked coming up next, and that match was really just Crowd in the was death spot. Dead, yeah. The other thing, um, I don't mind intergender wrestling. I'm cool with it, but for me, and I'd love to hear you guys' opinions on this, 
if it's intergender wrestling, I need all the shenanigans. I need all the hijinks. I need all the bells and whistles. Like I need to see some gimmicks, some some interference, some foreign objects, similar to how uh, the tag team match was. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. a lot of over the top stuff. Um, the, the, the second match from the main event, you know, Kevin Blackwood and Masha was Slamovich. Is that her name? Something. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. They, uh, they just wrestled a straight up match, man. And it was kind of hard to suspend the disbelief one just in general. That's kind of tough. And then two, they had some really ridiculous moves. Like the, the, the female, she kicked out of like a jumping tombstone, which a jumping tombstone, that's like a WrestleMania finish in in WWE. So I don't know. I'm, I'm the king of kayfabe. I can usually kind of just block it out and enjoy the match. But this one really kind of had me rolling my eyes at some of the stuff that uh, that she was kicking out from. But what were you guys' thoughts on that one? So I get what they're trying to do with her. Um, they're trying to make her into a badass. Like you could tell that from the start, even from her entrance. I, I get it. But yeah, dude, I'm with you, man. That dude did two or three finishers to her and she kicked out of both of them. Like, dude, it, it, I mean... That show's pretty hard to, like, understand anything that's going on because you got people getting hit with light tubes and stuff. So, I mean, suspending disbelief's not really a problem at a GCW show. Exactly. But, I, yeah, dude, I just didn't... That match just didn't do anything for me. And like you said, it's one fifteen in the morning. At this point, not to mention, we're just getting over the shock factor of what just happened 10 minutes before that. It, yeah. It, I don't know, man. It just... But I'm glad they did it now that I think about it because that did give us a buffer between Mox. Because, dude, just imagine if Mox would have came out right after that all that shit happened. Like, I don't know if it would have felt the same. So I'm glad they gave us the buffer, although it did make a little recharge. Yeah, it gave us 15 more minutes, but I, I think it did help us for the main event, honestly. What's you guys' thoughts on intergender wrestling in general? I think, I mean, I think there's a way, like you said, I think there's a way for it to be done. I mean, um, historically in WWE, besides, you know, a few people like China and like Beth Phoenix and stuff like that, it's always been like, if there's an intergender match, it's a tag match typically. And it's like mixed women, tag. yeah, mixed tag, women on women, men, you know, when the men tag in, it's men, man on man. Um, I, I agree with everything that you said, Seth, about like, there needs to be some hijinks and some shenanigans and some like yeah. stipulations that kind of like make it a little bit over the top. You yeah. Know? I don't necessarily want to say it's got to be comedy, but it needs to be fun for intergenerational. Yeah. It needs to, to be, yeah, it needs to be fun. That's Jordan, a good Ari, way to what do you guys it. think, man? Let's hear the, let's hear the Midwest point of view on uh intergender wrestling. Go ahead, Ari, let go. Um, I think it's like the non hardcore wrestling fan that I am amongst all of you guys. I think both girls were badasses. Like it takes, <laughs> you know, a real badass to get in the ring with any, like to do any of that stuff, let alone take light tubes to the chest, to the head, Whatever the hell else they did, it takes a lot of guts to do that. So I can't sure. even like talk about that stuff because you would not catch me dead in that ring. Yeah, at all. <laughs> you know, at yeah, all. So sure. clearly, like, yeah, clearly, we're all speaking from just like an outsider's perspective because yeah, there's not one of the four of us that's like wants to get in there and like you know get our head kicked in or get a light tube smashed over our head. So I, I commend anybody that's in there doing the damn thing and wrestling for sure. Yeah, we always acknowledge it's very easy to be the critic on the sideline, but you know, that's what people tune in to listen to. That's right. I think I think here's my thing with intergender. So you can already kind of see it happening. They're starting to toe the waters of Rhea, starting to wrestle the dudes, which I think it honestly needs to happen. Um but th- there's a there's a good way to do it, right? I mean we don't need, I don't need to see the China experiment where she's just kicking everyone's ass. Like, I, I don't need that. I, I'm with Seth on this 100%. I, I need some hijinks to kind of 
make it more believable, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm not gonna say anything to say anything bad here because, like, I think Rhea could easily kick my ass. Obviously, so uh, <laughs> me suspending disbelief on her kicking somebody's ass isn't gonna be that hard. But yeah, the the Masha girl, it, it was really hard for me to like understand what is mm-hmm. going on here. But yeah, man, I I think whatever, man. We, this is the you can do anything anyone else can do age and it, it is what it is. I, I like watching women wrestle. So, I mean, yeah, if, if we're going to see more of this, I mean, yeah, bring it on. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just, I'm indifferent on it. If they do it, it's cool. If they don't do it, like I'm cool with that too. I'm cool with just watching like, you know, uh, same sex wrestling, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with the way the, the standard uh, status quo. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the main event. Um, I've been a big Dean Ambrose slash Mox fan for years. You guys sometimes give me shit. You know, I think him and Dolph Ziggler, the two guys I get most accused of having a man crush on. Um, but I thought he was just on, you know, three different levels higher than anybody else we saw on Saturday or on Friday night, man. It's the one, just the overall presence, right? Like, I think it was kind of like him and Nick Gage were really the two, like, superstars that we saw on Friday night. He just, the energy he brought to the arena as soon as he walked out and then just the work, man, like Mm -hmm. he was so smooth, just the way he was getting in and out of the ring, doing simple stuff like headlocks, his punches, catching people. Yeah. I I think Mox is one of the three or four best wrestlers in the world right now. And it was really awesome to be front row to see him. We uh, were so close. Yeah. He just like walked right by. I mean, I was just like, wow, dude, like we are so close to Mox right now. Like this is insane. You know, I'm going to say this is what I'm going to say about uh, seeing Mox live in the way we saw him. Um, I don't think I've ever been more excited to see someone in person than I was to see Mox just because of the mere fact we were ringside. There was no guardrails. This dude's literally like an inch from our faces. And like watching Sheena and Seth, because I know how big of Mox fans they are, like it like made my night. I mean, I was already excited yeah. to see him, but like just watching like Sheena and Seth smile, seeing him come out, it, it just kind of made my night. I mean, and I know they've said the same thing like when Bray came out at WrestleMania and stuff. Mm-hmm. No matter what the outcome of the match is, they both said the same thing about me. <laughs> It, it, it's just it, it, it's cool seeing these guys that like they're larger than life characters and like seeing them that close it, it's just completely different like yeah this isn't I've, seen, a I've, seen dean, I've seen dean ambrose on the like the biggest stage of them all you know what i mean like i i've watched him like in front of crowds of like you know thousands of people so to just like be right there and like feel his energy and like see him perform like within like five feet of where I'm standing. Like that was a really cool experience. Yeah. All right. What'd you think? Did Mox live up to your expectations? Totally. Totally. My, who, who my not ex- was the expectations. Bi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think was the bigger star? So as uh, like you said, you're kind of like the more casual fan out of the four of us. Who do you think was the bigger star to him or Nick Gage? Who seemed like a bigger deal for you watching the show? Oh man, that's hard because Nick Cage came out and um, he just hyped the crowd up. I think that's part yeah. of why the Masha uh, match was kind of dead because he hyped that crowd up so hard. And it was there was some serious emotional energy that everybody spent on the Nick the whole Nick Gage segment. Yes, right, one hundred percent. Because the guy sitting next to me, um, he brought that to my attention. It's like, yeah, I'm glad we got this match before the the. Um, Mox match and but he was just larger than life as well like it's it's crazy to see him so close almost being able to touch him you know yeah and it's just insane it's i don't know that just keeps me like 
tuned into wrestling. Like I love live yeah. shows so much more for that reason, even if it's just not big names or anything. It's just seeing the wrestlers and all the hard work they do. It's just incredible. So. It's it's so fun to take people. Like I took um we I went to SmackDown November. It was November 2019, I believe. Um, I went to SmackDown with my friends who had never been to a wrestling show before, and uh, it was like they'd never really watched wrestling. I mean, they'd seen like casual on TV and stuff, but they left there. They were so hyped. They were like, "Dude, I loved that. That was all." They wanted to stay and watch the freaking. Um, taping afterwards what was ta- 205 right. live they yeah. wanted to stay and watch the 205 live taping i was ready to go and they're like no let's stay and watch this you know so they, they were so into it so i think there's just something about wrestling that draws you in you know the athleticism this the entertainment just the like not knowing what the hell's coming i think it's just even if you don't watch wrestling or if you're a casual fan going to a live show is just totally unlike anything else dude that's why I, well i became such a big Samoa joe fan because jordan took me to a tnt match right tna or tna match TNA. sorry um and he just walked around the crowd and you hear the chance like joe's gonna kill you and you can't help but cheer with them it's yeah. like an incredible feeling so i don't know it's just hard to to compare and not and not be a wrestling fan. That's why I tell you guys, like, that dude that got his arm gashed, like, if he wasn't into it, I mean, I get it if he wouldn't be, but I could totally see how he would be a wrestling fan after that. I think so. Yeah. He was smiling, man. I, I I never saw him looking, like, mad or scared the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he wasn't mad. Sorry, our stupid dog just knocked over a glass <laughs> bottle on the ground. Um, yeah, I, I think he's hooked for life, man. I think he nailed it, Ari. Um so we ended up just rolling. It was so late that it was kind of like past the time to even try to get a late night bite somewhere. We ended up just going back to the uh, <laughs> yeah. Airbnb. We went back to the Airbnb. Jordan and Ari had this like bag full of like, you know, snacks, like little individual <laughs> size, little individual snacks. size, like chips and stuff. And Jordan's like, I know what I'm eating. And he pulls out. And I, thought, I thought he was going to pull out something like Doritos or like something. He pulls out a bag of Gardettos and says like, Oh, hit me with a ride chip, bro. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, ride chips are disgusting. And Seth and Seth said the line of the weekend that I I mean, I just laughed so hard. I don't know why. Maybe it was because mm. you know I've been drinking, but he said he said, dude, if they made if they made a bag called Oops All Rye, I would be the happiest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean the ride chips to me are like the the worst part of any nah. of any trail mix the type. Real, the real ones love the ride chips, man. So if you're yeah, in the Facebook group, definitely comment on the uh, the post when we throw the link up for this episode. Let us know what's your favorite piece of the uh, Gardetto, Gardetto uh, snack variety. Mine is definitely is. the checks, dude. The checks are the best. You just so gotta get a big handful and just you know shove them in your pop mouth. it in. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> That's what she said. Sure really got hardcore. Uh, hardcore. We're, we're about to put a bow on Friday and take the beverage break, but we'll give a little tease that, you know, I'm kind of quarterbacking out the next day and I'm game planning with Jordan. And I just want to go on the record that Jordan, I, I was kind of asking like, you know, what time we need to get to StarCast, you know, what time should we wake up? And Jordan was just a hundred percent confident saying, we're good to go. Don't worry about what time we get there. We'll be just fine for StarCast. So I'll leave you guys with that as we roll into the beverage break. We're sticking with our uh, our trek through the Kanye discography. We're still on College Dropout with a little bit of uh, 
breathe in, breathe out, instrumental action. Uh, let's go to the beverage break. Sheena, what are you drinking? I'm drinking my uh, beverage of choice for the SummerSlam weekend. The Wells has graciously brought us a couple of bottles of Doughball whiskey, which if you guys know me, I'm I'm a lightweight. I've, I've said it on our main show like a million times. I'm pretty much a lightweight. I don't drink liquor a lot, uh, but this is so good. It is so smooth. It's like dangerous. It tastes like cookie dough. And I mix it with cream soda. And like, I don't normally drink cream soda either, but something about mixing this, it's like drinking liquid cookie dough and it is divine. So yeah, I'm drinking a, a dough ball and cream soda. All right. What about you? So I'm drinking a Sour Rita. It's a sour ale brewed with lime salts and orange zest. It's delicious. Mm. That sounds good. I actually had a margarita-inspired beer a couple weeks ago, too. That was pretty tasty. Uh, Jordan, what about you, man? Uh, I kicked it off with a couple bush lights, and now I'm back to the old trusty Miller High Life. So uh, we're keeping it uh, redneck style over here. Hell yeah, man. You're uh, you're living the high life. I'm keeping it light, dude. I'm on my third Miller Lite of the podcast and going to keep them flowing. So let's get into Saturday. So we get up. Uh, I think everybody was kind of happy to sleep in a little bit. We were planning on leaving at what? Leaving the house at nine, right? Yep. Yeah, we were planning on leaving at nine. I think it ended up being closer to about 935 by the time we called the Uber. And we knew we were in trouble. Or no, we didn't call it. We drove. Yeah, we drove. we drove there. Yeah, we drove over there. We knew we were in trouble because we pulled up and the lot was full, man. There were a line of cars down the street and we see they're turning cars around. So we ended up having to go to some. Uh, she said, we're going to send you down to crackhead. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like she said. She said, we're going to send you to crackhead. So I was like, all right. I still no, I, t- I told Seth, I said, it. these people are scamming us, dude. They're setting up a table and taking $20 bills because she said, she said, no, we're full, man. We're going to send you down to crackhead. And I was like, what? Then I saw the sign that said parking parking lot at Craighead. So I was like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe this is okay. Yeah. So we had to drive like, you know, around the block, about a half mile away, park at the racetrack, and then catch the short bus over to yeah. uh, StarCast. Nothing like being crammed onto a short bus with a bunch of marks, man. Yeah. Luckily, we met uh, Aaron Lumberjillville and his friends. They were super they nice. They pulled up right behind us, yeah. Yeah, it was great to see him, the, uh, the number one female figure collector in the game today. Check out his YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Um, and then we get to StarCast, man. And, you know, I'll, I'll let Sheena take it from here on just talking about the overall mess that StarCast was. So we get there and everything's kind of just looking like normal, right? There's like people kind of meandering all around. Typical con. Typical con kind of vibe from the outside, right? This The space that they had it at was fine. So our first thing is like we need to find where we're going to meet Britt because – Jordan and us, like we we all had tickets to meet Brett. Jordan, we were going to Starcast just because you had to buy a ticket for Starcast. We were really trying to meet Brett, though. That was yeah. the number one objective. Of the the day. objective of the trip was to meet Brett, um, and Jordan was going to get his uh, his ultimate edition signed and then get a photo, and then we were just going to get a photo, right? We get there. There's no signage for anything. So there's no signs that say like, you know, Bret Hart here, you know, uh, Four Horsemen here, Daniel Bryan here. Like there's there's nothing. Right. So we're asking people like five different people told us five different things. And then we heard those same people tell other people different things like where to go, where to stand when they were letting people in with their platinum bracelets or their gold bracelets or whether you were gin pop. So bracelets. Yeah, it was. So it was just all like nobody really knew what was going on and you know brett wasn't even there yet like he wasn't brett did the brett thing which he showed up late which if you've been any kind of brett fan you know brett's gonna be late like yeah. you gotta expect that so yeah no so shade to brett that wasn't a big deal and which so i mean 
you know, I know you were kind of joking and poking Jordan about, you know, him saying like, oh, no, we'll be fine. And I, but it really wouldn't have mattered, honestly. Like, even if we had gotten there, the only way, we would we would still would have been standing there for hours. The only way waiting. we would have met Brett is if we managed to get there and be like the first people to get our wristbands and be the first people to get in line. And then we still would have been waiting for hours. Yeah. Like, we would have basically sacrificed any type of fun we were going to have on Saturday to meet Brett. Yeah. So we realized like, so we got in line to, we finally found somebody that, you know, was a little bit competent and they, they put us in line to meet Brett. Right. Well, then this guy starts stacking people in front of us with that had on like gold bracelets. You know, we got like the red wristbands or whatever. So then we're he just, pop. yeah, he starts telling us like, Oh no, we're going to let these people in front of you, you know? And we're just like, well, damn, what the hell, you know, which is fine, whatever. So we decide like, Hey, you know what? Let's not wait here. Brett's not even here yet. And you guys know I'm, we had I'm already the biggest waited. Brett fan. So I already told him, I'm like, dude, Brett's going to be late to this, yeah. dude. So. We had already waited like, you know, 30, 45 minutes in this line. And then we were like, you know what? Like, no big deal. Like, let's just go around and meet, you know, go into the gin pop room where all the other wrestlers are, right? And go go meet some people. And then we'll come back. We're and thinking we'll let the line die down and we'll just walk right up and meet Brett. Yeah. It's been like that at WrestleCons before. The line, yeah. the line, the initial line dies down. You can walk right up and meet people. Right. So, you know, and I took I took a pretty good look around and I knew who was by us in line during that. Because I was talking to people because people were saying, like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Blah, blah, blah. So we go in, we're walking around. We just, we just made a lap around the joint to see, you know, what wrestlers were there, you know, who was doing meet and greets and signings and what kind of merch they had and all that. Right. So the, so the Brett thing was already a strike. We get into the room where everybody else is and Jordan's like, Hey, I'm going to meet Renee real quick. Not so fast. My friend. Yeah. So he goes up to her. There's nobody at her table, right? Like there's nobody. So Jordan's just going to get to walk right up and meet Renee and, uh, you know, it's 20 bucks to get, uh, to get a picture, you know, willing to pay that. And, uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Or her handler or whoever was like, oh, I'm sorry. You have to go get tickets at the ticket counter up there to meet like for your meet and greets. Right. So you had to go, you had to go stand in another line, which was like so long. They only had one line where you could buy tickets for meet and greets. They weren't allowed to take cash at the tables. And I've never experienced I've never that. I've never seen that at any, any WrestleCon, any type of Comic-Con. People can always take cash there. Or Venmo or PayPal, like something. And dude. the problem was, so whatever, if you're going to try this different system where you have centralized payments, that's cool. But the line to pay for meet and greets was like a fucking mile long too. They had yes. like three people with little Little square readers taking that so nobody was going to wait in that line to pay for those meet and greets with the individual wrestlers because typically when you're walking by like it's an impulse like jordan saw renee and there was nobody at renee's table at that time so he yeah. was like oh i'm gonna give renee 20 bucks to you know yeah, talk or anybody people you know it's like oh hey papa shango's over there let me get a picture of papa exactly Shango, whatever you know so i mean ultimately you know i feel like based on our experience um you know that's kind of screwing the wrestlers because that took money we would have met a few people in they there they definitely lost out on all the walk up traffic that you would get you know like yeah cuz nobody's going to wait in that line you know so i think people people were probably only paying for the the top tier talent that was there like you know Brett Rick Flair Daniel Bryan Mox yeah it types. wasn't worth it to to sit in that line so i already and thought that was kind of i think that is what kind of fed the problem with the premiums signings having such long lines because nobody was going off and doing oh yeah like you know the mid exactly and stuff like yeah that, you know i didn't even really um, think about that about everybody just kind of like being like well screw it we'll just meet our we'll do our premium meet and greet and not yeah, yeah. and then we finally got in line and it was even worse than you yeah know, so we were expecting so we got in so then we were like well screw it you know we walked around looked at some figures and stuff and you know just kind of like you know i i gazed at the talent right and walked back out 
got back into the Brett line. The per- the people that were by us, like over when we an, left an hour ago, over an hour ago, were only like six feet into the building, right? And I was already like, oh, this is not good, right? So we get in line. We sit there for hour, like I an mean, hour and fifteen minutes. Hour and fifteen minutes. We moved hour maybe forty th- feet. Yeah, it was shoot forty and, feet, and then I kind of you know. I'm I'm always taking a strategic view on things. I kind of started just timing. Um, I started timing the people that were going up there, and it was taking about you know Brett was doing his thing right. Brett, it, people were paying at least a hundred bucks to meet him. So th- again, this is no shade on. This Brett is not whatsoever. shade to Brett. This I, is on the event. Yes, Brett, but I've know, met Brett before, and it was a wonderful. Experience. I'm timing it. Brett was taking anywhere from like 55 to 75 seconds per person. And I asked Jordan, I'm like, dude, how many people do you think are ahead of us? And he's like, dude, it's at least 100. So, And that was just in our gym pop line. They also had a premium a line, line, a platinum line that was feeding into yeah. that. So just doing the math, it was like, uh, you know, it would have been at least three hours before we met him. And finally, I'm like, you know what? Screw it, dude. I, I got to at least get some air and kind of get my thoughts together. I'm going to go get a snack. And luckily, my main man, Jordan, is like, hey, I'm not going to let you go by yourself. And Jordan, tell him about the conversation we had as we're walking over to uh, – to go visit the food trucks. So we're walking over there and I was like, dude, this is not even fun anymore. Like this is supposed to be a fun weekend. Uh, I'm not even remotely having fun. And then Seth goes, dude, I was going to bring it up, but I didn't want to shit on anyone else's parade. I- I'm half tempted to leave. And I was like, thank God you said something. Cause dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm already 10 steps ahead. Of you. I'm ready to fucking roll right now. Let's go back to the van and hit the alfalfa sprouts and get back to the <laughs> get back to the Airbnb and hit downtown and start drinking. Cause we were, we were going to go get some food. And then I was like, dude, we're going to put more money into this. Like it's yeah. just, I don't know, man. It, we would have had to go straight from, yeah. from there to SummerSlam. There would have been no time in between. And that would have been like four hours standing in line. And hopefully they ended up. So they ended up. So Great we're just, so away. we're not, so you not think we're being dramatic about this line. They ended up having to turn people. They were still selling tickets to Brett's premium meet and greet yes. the, the day of, right? The morning of. And they ended up having to turn people away because Brett had a panel that was supposed to be at 2 p.m. And they ended up even having to push his panel until 4 p.m. So they were like, well, we hope this is going to be over by 4 p.m. So they already like delayed it two hours. And so even at four o'clock, they had to turn people away and give refunds to people because Brett had a uh, had a panel he had to go to. So, let, yeah. let me uh, I'm going to I'm going to hash my beef out with this Starcast thing because, dude, it was strike one, two and three within an hour for me. So <laughs> it was it was a clusterfuck when we get there. Nobody tells us anything. We we get in line for Brett, like they said, and then find out we have to go get a wristband. So we walk over, get our wristband and stuff. Whatever, that's fine. Go get back in line, like Sheena said. And then, like we said, we walked inside. So I think like everybody kind of had the same feeling as we did, as me and Seth did. Me and Seth kind of scoped it out inside. The girls, I think they were using the bathroom or something. They were a little bit further behind. Me and Seth are like looking at the tables. And, like, looking at the times and, like, people aren't even at their table yet and they're already advertised to have been there for an the hour. The major bros, yeah. So, this was 11 o'clock. The major bros said that they, uh, their sign said 9 to, like, 3 or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, which is weird because they had advertised the major bros were doing a podcast at 9. Like, yeah. So, that was already known. They're not going to be there at 9. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, their tables all said, you know, Mark Sterling, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona all said, like, 9. So, I mean, people were expecting to get there and meet people at nine o'clock so i mean if you had anything else planned after starcast like you were just screwed so you know so me and seth are like walking around and like kind of scoping it out 
and nobody has lines. And me and Seth are kind of like, why is there no lines for? Anybody? Yeah, that was very weird. So like, yeah, nobody you, had lines. Usually, when you go to a WrestleCon, even like the the lesser wrestlers, if you can say, have a little bit of a line. Even if there's three people in their line, there's a there's someone there. So like, we're walking by. I'm like, Renee has no one in her line. We just kept walking around. I was like, you know what, dude? I'm just going to meet Renee. Like, maybe I'll just get it started, and then everybody else will, like, do something to make this more fun. So I walked over there, like they said, no, can't take money at the table. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? We have been to so many, like, Comic Cons, WrestleCon. Like, dude, I've been to a ton of conventions. I have never in my life heard of someone turning away money at the table. Like, and whatever, it's their policy. I get it. But like, like that Sheena said, the line is a mile long. Oh, and then they tell me, oh, you can buy tickets online. Nope, get online. It says everybody's sold out. So, th- th- <laughs> dude, Conrad's already on my shit list at this point on strike two. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. So um, Ari had wanted to meet Dan Housen, and I'm like, dude, w- w- there's no way I'm waiting in that line that long just for this. So walk back over to the Brett thing and. Um, I will say, uh, Ari grew some, some massive balls and her and Sheena took a selfie with, uh, Nia Jax and Lita, which when I saw, I didn't even realize what they were doing until I saw the pictures. I'm like, wow. So Ari and, uh, Ari we and, had to she- make, Ari and Sheena we had to got the something selfies. out of it. Yeah. yeah. We had to make something out of it. And then we waited. Cause we were, when I finally, when I finally came to the realization, like, Damn, dude, like we're, we're really leaving, dude. And, and it's, it always hurts a little more and I'm not even trying to like be morbid right now, but like that, I mean, we don't know when we're going to yeah. get a chance to meet bread again. You know what I mean? Or if I'm not paying for it again, if I get bread again, it's cause I bump into him at fucking tractor supply company. I don't know if I'm ever paying to meet somebody again after that, man. Yeah. I was so pissed off. I don't know. I probably still pay to meet Brett, but I mean, yeah. we already met him though. I know, yeah. but dude, it's still, we, since then we've had our own little baby bread there were some things I wanted to like talk about, you know, um, not that he cares, but I, you know, I just feel like, man, I just, I just wanted to meet him. And, uh, so we spent the next like five minutes trying to get these sweaty marks out of our way. So I could at least get a clear shot for my, my, uh, candid shot with Brett photo about 30 feet away from Brett that I got. So yeah, so that was my hundred dollar photo there. Um, but yeah, Starcast, it, it gets it gets a zero out of ten for me, dude. I would I would not attend another Starcast if they paid me. We got a refund pending, so if anybody else is listening that had a similar experience, I was told I, they DM me on on uh, Twitter and said to email and th- they'll make it right. So they haven't made it right yet, but I got a verbal from them. Uh, you know, flashback to WrestleMania <laughs> oh, thirty one. <laughs> another inside joke. I, I, I would um, like I would like to go on record though for the four of us. Uh, we can be bought. So, uh, Starcast, if you're listening, we we are <laughs> open to negotiations. So, if you want to have us back, like uh, the price of on the house, like we're we're, we're, we're in there like swimwear. Yeah, yeah g- we give will, us free we'll platinum endorse, bracelets. Yeah, we'll give you guys free marketing and everything. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a mess. But you know, the Saturday was. We still had hope that we were going to redeem Saturday, and we made it happen. We immediately went downtown to uh, the Wild Horse Saloon, and, and what a great spot that was. Yeah, so we so we just happened to go there because we had planned on going to Broadway Brew House, which is just kind of a little dive bar. There's no, you know, according to Seth, I haven't been to downtown Nashville in years, but according to Seth, because he's gone to some Titans games and you know been down there a little bit more than I have. You know, Broadway Brew House isn't super busy, so he's like, well, that's we the place you can get in, right? Yeah, like the other places you're going to be waiting for a long time. It's going to be super crowded. Broadway Brew House, you can get right in and get a table. Yeah. So anyway, we were going down there to go there. And then 
we uh, we were going to go to the superstore. So Jordan finds out that the superstore is at Wild, House, Wild Horse Saloon. So we're like, okay, let's pop in here. Um, superstore, based on the one the ones that I've been to before, was a little disappointing. I don't know if it's always like that at SummerSlam, but it just didn't seem like it had a lot of stuff. But but it was meant to be because it, it was the meant to be place for the yeah. uh, the Foley Fam meetup. Yeah. So we um, we went there, and then we just happened because I happened to go upstairs because I was like maybe because. It was actually at a different place. Like Wild Horse Saloon is apparently like really big and it's got, you know, two entrances. So we, I was like, maybe the superstore is upstairs. We went upstairs and there was like shuffleboard and foosball. And there was like nobody on this whole upstairs landing. And I was like, dude, we should just tell the Foley fam to come here so we could all just hang out. You know what I mean? And there was a bar up there. Um, so yeah, we ended up just like having everybody meet us there as like a central meeting point before we all walked over to SummerSlam. And it was, it was great, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. We had, uh, Shout out to everybody that, that, that took the walk and came up there because we had a lot of fun and it was just a really great spot, man. Uh, Jordan had one of the most epic shuffleboard comebacks of all time against me. Yeah, down seventeen to three, win twenty four to twenty. It was a, uh, it was a, it was a special moment and uh, really, really topped off my Saturday. What uh, what were you drinking most of the day on Saturday, Jordan? Uh, majority of the day I drank Bush Light. Um, I did meet a friend of mine also from Atlanta that came up, uh, for for SummerSlam, and uh, he got us a, a pecan um moonshine shot. So yeah, that's pretty solid. It was uh, it was really good. So we had a couple more of those, and but yeah, the majority of the day I drank Bush Light. I stuck to just beer because I told myself, man, if I start mixing in liquor, it's gonna end badly. Um, yeah, let me yeah. let me tell you a little about that. Um, you know, I I probably drank the least of anybody that was with us, but I uh, I ended up being like the only one that got sick and hung over. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, hey, if you can't uh you can't hoot with the owls if you're not going to be able to soar with the eagles the next morning, man. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it was uh it, it was a blast. I got to meet Alex Eubanks, my sworn rival from the 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 uh the Foley Picks League. You know, me and Jordan were kind of planning. We we knew he was coming up and we were already planning on like where I'm going to hit the stunner on him, where I'm going to close line him at and stuff to really kind of just, you know, put a bow on this feud, but he actually ended up being a decent guy. So, we had a good time with him and his wife. Okay, yeah. and everybody else that came out. Yeah, Tristan, Josh Ellis, Josh Wolf, like dude, and they 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 rolled deep. They brought some of their friends, dude. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a whole Foley experience, man. It, so, ne- definitely next time there's a, a big show in this part of the uh the country we're gonna make it happen again i'm still holding out hope that we get a wrestlemania at the falcons new stadium in atlanta sometime in the next couple of years because that would be outstanding yeah um and then it was time to go to SummerSlam, man so let's talk about the uh the, the walk over to SummerSlam and just getting into the stadium to our seats yeah so we you know i i if you watched my stories you saw um you know the seth is a very you know, he's a, he's a trained, well-trained, highly successful geospatial analyst, right? He pulls up Google Maps and ends up taking us like the back way around to the stadium. That was the quicker way. It was quicker to from where we were at at Wild Horse Saloon. It was quicker to get there using the the like the regular bridge. On True, the road. was a, was a little bit more shady and a little bit more sketch. I, and we and, got to and, go see where the bombing happened in Nashville, so we got to go pay our respects to that. Yeah, well, you know. Way, way to bring the day down. Um, so we uh, only one person died, so it's not that big a deal. <laughs> oh Yikes! Okay. And it was the bomber. <laughs> oh, yeah. All okay. right. Well, let's let's, well, let's okay, uh, go to some more uplifting. Folks, 
That's <laughs> that's all for tonight, folks. No, but uh, you know the Tennessee or sorry, uh, Nashville has this like beautiful like pedestrian bridge where they had like SummerSlam banners hanging, and you know all the marks were going to be walking across there, so you could really feel the vibe. But instead, we're walking across this little sketch highway on this little sidewalk, you know, sucking in people's exhaust fumes. It ended up being okay, and, and in hindsight, it was like the shorter way than going back down Broadway and going back to the pedestrian, the pedestrian bridge. Ain't no joke, uh, dude. We walked that on the way back. <laughs> it was. Walk, it's and so, it's a it's a hill, dude. Yeah, it's like we, a straight yeah, up. We basically we we really kind of did a giant circle through downtown Nashville. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it would have been a hike getting all the way down and then taking the pedestrian bridge to go to the stadium. Um. But yeah, SummerSlam was a blast. It was kind of interesting how they had the stadium. I didn't think I I expected there was going to be a lot of tarped off sections when I heard it was only about forty ish thousand people that were going to be there. I didn't expect it to have a whole half the stadium uh, tarped off. You know, it was kind of weird, but I don't really think it took away from the enjoyment of the event. It didn't take away from it for me. It was just a little bit like strange seeing all of that open space and knowing what it was going to look like on TV because the, the cameras did an amazing job of like only showing the, yeah, full, awesome on the full side of the stadium. But um, I thought it would actually worked out pretty cool because I think it gave more of a a backdrop for the wrestling because it was just black over there. You know what I mean? For us, like we could see the wrestling a lot better because there wasn't just a big old crowd back there. But uh, outdoor wrestling is still the best. It is so good. When it starts off in the daytime and kind of just fades in the night, it it looks so incredible and dramatic. We, uh, yeah, SummerSlam was awesome, man. Ari, what'd you think of the seats? I thought they were awesome. I mean, I did't have anybody blocking my view as I usually have because I'm kind of short. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm permanently pods. scarred from that the WrestleMania 31 when we thought we had riser seats and we think we're, you know, you think you're in risers, you're going to be kind of risen. And off the floor. it was like we were like two inches off the floor. Man. Yeah, they literally put us on top of like a pallet. You know, like yeah. it was like our, our chairs were on top of a pallet. Like, oh, these are the risers. I was like, what the well, hell? That was still a great time. It was cool being on the floor. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I, unless I'm in like the first two or three rows, I'm, I'm like a lower bowl guy for life now. And and, yeah. and let's just let's just put it out there. Like I, I always come through on the good tickets for us. And that WrestleMania 31 thing was not my fault. I, we were no, we, we were told oh, risers. Yeah, yeah, we were celebrating, man. Like yeah. we just yeah, I think we were just kind of misled. The, they literally the said risers like. Like the thing said risers. So, I mean, what were we to expect? I thought we were going to kind of be on like some like smaller bleachers, like in front of the lower bowl, right? Yeah. Like when you hear risers, that's what you think. But no, the rise was like, you yeah. know, like I said. Six inches. Yeah. It, it, six was, inches it, was a, it was a stripper's high heels holding that <laughs> riser up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, we did, we did not realize what we were in for with those WrestleMania 31 seats until we actually got there. And it was still a good time, yeah. but just so not we the were, best seats I've ever So had. we were, you know, we got there, got to our seats. And then, you know, we were like, well, we need to get something to eat, you know, because we've been, we've been kind of, you know, Drinking and stuff. I've been hyping up these turkey been legs hyping for up a week, man. Turkey so legs. one thing, like I said, my dad's a hardcore Titans fan. I've kind of sort of adopted the Titans the last couple seasons. Um, but they always have these badass giant smoked turkey legs at the Titans Stadium. And I've been hyping up Jordan like, bro, I'm getting you a turkey leg when we get to the stadium. We get there, the little booth where they had uh, turkey legs at. Nope, just chicken tenders and a chicken sandwich, man. I was, I've never been so pissed off, man. Seth, and then I yeah, decided Seth to go comes back up. to the seat, and he's like, he's like, there ain't no turkey legs here no more. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. You remember when Hulk Hogan was in the Dungeon of Doom? He said, oh there's no maniacs here. That's me. I was like, there's no turkey legs here. <laughs> Yeah, that was quite disappointing. And so then uh, I was like, dude, I have to eat something. Ari was starving. So me and Ari made the trek up to the Nashville uh, or Tennessee Titans food stand. And um, let me tell you, that was sure impressive. We waited 45 minutes for some hot dogs. So 
yeah, it was a, uh, it was great, but everybody got two glizzies and it, <laughs> it only cost me about $700. So not, nothing too bad. A little light, a little light work. Hey, dude, Jordan came back and he, I mean, he had like an armload of hot dogs, dude. Not just hot dogs. He, the glizzies had no, some glizzies. We were dude. glizzy gladiators. Yes. And he was like, he was like, I got everybody too. Cause I ain't getting up again. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> my experience was totally different, dude. Cause like the beer stands, I don't know. I guess it was just like a light drinking crowd, man. I had almost no weight for the beers all night. I remember like when we left, we were kind of like rehashing it in the moment. And I was like, dude, that was, a, I was like, the stadium experience was great besides the turkey leg deal. Cause I didn't have to wait almost any at all you know and jordan was like yeah i waited 45 minutes for i checked on hours. ari i was like ari are y'all okay like because the show started you know what i mean and bianca belair was coming out and i was like are you guys okay like what's going on you yeah. know she's like we just made it up to the front of the line he forgot to tell you that the lady at the taking the cash well not cash the cards took like a 10 minute break like she literally left her post didn't come back for 10 15 minutes and then kept helping people out I'm like, oh the my heck gosh! Did she go? Yeah. And the lady behind us was from Chicago. Uh, I, hopefully, she's listening to this. That'd be awesome. But she's like, yeah, somebody in Chicago would have been shot by now oh, for yeah. waiting this long in line. I'm like, wow. <laughs> the uh, the show was good. I think it was kind of historically insignificant. Nothing too crazy, but the main event was just amazing. I think it's it's already kind of arguably the best last man standing match. Of all time, uh, we got to see Brock come out with the tractor and turn the ring up on its side. Just complete spectacle. It was like the most WWE match ever, and I say that in the best way possible. Yeah. So you know, we, you know, Seth and I are two two of the the biggest Roman fans in the business today, and uh, you know, we were we were acknowledging his presence as he came out, right? Just like straight up, you know, had our ones up, yelling, doing all all the things, right? Then all of a sudden, Brock comes out, and I've 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 been a Brock girl since for a long time yeah. right and dude when he when he hopped on that tractor jordan said oh shit he said the tides are turning <laughs> <laughs> he said what are you gonna do sheena he's riding the tractor to the ring are you really gonna root against brock he's riding the tractor <laughs> the, so, yeah, the was, glow on emotional. sheena's face seeing uh seeing brock turn into farmer brock was like nothing i'd ever seen it was like the only way I can explain it was like the first time I ever went to a strip club and realized what they actually do there. I was like, oh my God. That was Sheena's oh, face. It was like Brock was a stripper on a tractor and she, it was, Sheena was all in. Oh, it was beautiful, dude. I saw him grab that flannel vest and that black cowboy hat. He rode that tractor. I mean, started just seamlessly, dude. Just, I mean, like, he, he's been doing that. You can tell, yeah. Brock, that's not his first tractor ride. You know what I it mean? It's pretty narrow pathway getting that thing down to the ring. Yeah, so I was kind of nervous for the crowd, but, I, I mean, Brock looked like he knew what he was doing. Then he climbs up over the freaking front loader, and I was just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, this is mage, so... Yeah. It was awesome. The first pay-per-view of the Triple H Stephanie era was a smashing success. We had a blast. Uh, we finally hit Broadway Brewhouse, my favorite downtown spot after the show. What did you guys think of it? It was nice. It, it was, was a, good. It was, was good. Yeah, the food was good. Uh, it was a co cool spot, no line. So um, the the three of you were uh, were, were less than um, 
let's say a hundred percent. That's that's about <laughs> a, that's that's as far as we'll go with that. I was sleepy, so I didn't really drink the whole event. I didn't drink all of SummerSlam, but I was so tired. I was like Jordan kept like nudging me, like you know, waking me up during like the Miz and Logan Paul match. You know, <laughs> he'd be like, "Are you good?" I'm like, "I'm fine. I'll be yeah, good." You so know? I definitely noticed Sheena dozing off a few times during the show. <laughs> How about those Laredo so rolls, tough. though, man? They had these like Tex-Mex egg rolls called Laredo rolls. Those were just tremendous, dude. I've been I've been thinking about those ever since. I'm like, dude, why didn't we get like four orders of those? Yeah. Well, yeah, when that those place- came out, I was like, man, yeah, that's really like undersold a, whole, a, full, this. a full plate full of cheese underneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty damn good. But I will say when we left Broadway Brewhouse, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sober by this point, even though, even though I did end up getting, you know, sick and hung over, I was still, I was sober. Like that's the worst part is I didn't even, you know, get to enjoy being like super drunk. I was just, you know, I'm a freaking weenie. Um, Walking down Broadway was just like my own little personal version of hell, dude. Like it was so loud and it was like there were so many people and just like sloppy, drunk assholes everywhere, dude. Like and people waiting in lines to get into these bars where you can't even hear yourself think. And I'm just 10 bucks for a Miller Lite. Yeah, to pay like 10 bucks for a Miller Lite. And dude, it was just like horrible. People just like sitting on stairs, like just passed out. Yeah, not my not my scene at all. I could not get home fast enough. I kept asking Jordan, like, which way do we need to go to get get in our Uber? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, that, and that was also a situation because there there was all the streets are closed around Broadway on a on a busy night, and I would th- I would say this qualified as a busy night. It was a uh, yeah, it was really something. Yeah, we had to take a pretty decent hike to uh, to get to that Uber and get home but but all in all it was an outstanding weekend um you know definitely like you know core memory for sure man and i'm looking i'm hoping there's another big show kind of in our neck of the woods sometime soon so we can do it all again man hopefully you know a couple years we will take all the kids also that'll be a blast um sheena ari thank you guys for joining us tonight and reliving the weekend man this has been so much fun reliving the past couple days uh again jordan do you want to give us some closing thoughts man before we put a bow on this thing yeah man it was uh uh, we came to Nashville. We saw Nash- Nashville. We conquered Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. We conquered Nashville, and, and now we're back home to our our normal lives, like losers that we are. <laughs> that was the perfect ending for a uh, a crazy ass weekend, man. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you guys soon. Says it's the end of time And the Mississippi River She's a gold grind The interest is up And the stock market's down And you're only getting mugged If you go downtown I live back in the woods, you see A woman and the kids And the dogs and me Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive And a country boy can survive Country folks can survive